Did right. you not? Were you not able to find out for yourself that a unicorn was going to shit across the sky fire? <laughs> you didn't need me to say that. You've got this perfectly clear 875,000 page book that's mostly <laughs> genealogies to tell you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What did you, did the talking donkey not make this clear? <laughs> I don't understand. What about the talking snake threw you off from the fact that this is a book of true facts? <laughs> God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema in an effort to justify all the meth. I'm your host, No Illusions, and sitting 989 miles to my right is my good friend Eli Bosnick. Eli, good of you to join us, sir. I've just had a cold for the last 48 weeks. Why does this lady keep making me sign my name? <laughs> just need it. And sitting 994 miles to my right is my good friend Heath Enright, but unfortunately he's not... Yeah, on this Skype call or anything, he's just I'm just guessing that he's sitting somewhere uh, not doing the episode with us. But hopefully he'll be back next week. We're hoping to have him back next he's week. He's dead, guys. He's not dead. Well, <laughs> as you as you heard in the feedback for Scathing Atheist this week, he's he's doing just fine. That's true. That's true. There was a lot of evidence in the Scathing Atheist <laughs> feedback section this week. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be tackling the second film in the Thief in the Night series, A Distant Thunder, which is basically the story of the thing that the main character dreamed about in the last one. This combination of porn-level acting and Smurf-level theology terrified evangelical youth throughout the 80s and 90s, and now it just terrifies lovers of good cinema and fashion. And according to IMDb, this is the story of Add a Plot. So, Eli, how bad was this movie? Well, I gotta admit, I'm kinda getting into this series. (laughs) And let me explain why. It's not a good movie. No. It's not a good movie. But the first time, you ever been told someone's crazy... And then they don't act crazy around you, and it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> yes, yes. They're like, no, man, this dude, this dude, there's a reason why we call him Nutty Jim. And then you're like, what's going on, Jim? And he's like, nothing. You want some nachos? But then the next time you see him, he put his dick over his wrist and stapled it there so that everyone would think it was a watch. That's what this movie's like. I'm just – I'm getting into it. I'm getting yes. into it now. The audience was like, oh, I can't wait for you to watch these. And I was like, bad sex movie? But no, no, no. Distant yes. Thunder is ramping up the crazy, and it looks like it only goes up from here. I certainly hope so. I don't know how they can trump this one. But, yeah, yeah the crazy factor the is definitely, like, exponentially higher in this one. So, now, I guess I could ask just, like, which is better between this one and the first one. But that would be too easy. So, instead, I kind of broke it down into its constituent parts. So in terms of production quality, better or worse? Definitely better. They had a fire and a horse. Fire horse. (laughs) All right. How about in terms of man shorts? Better or worse? uh, This one's hard. Uh, Worse because I didn't see anyone's balls. Better uh, because when I did see them, I was so grateful. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. They really made you wait for the uh, short man shorts in this one. Yeah, you had to earn it. All right, and how about in terms of soundtrack, better or worse? I did not try to drill into my brain like the end of the movie Pie to get the songs from this movie out of my head, so I'm going to go with better. All right, so far so good. How about in terms of overall psychological torture, more or less? Uh, It's hard to say because on the one hand, should you let your baby die so you don't have to get a tattoo? (laughs) On the other (laughs) hand... I wish we'd all been ready. Well, right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know when the, the dentist is like, what flavor toothpaste do you want? 
and you're like, oh, you mean that sand that you mix with a vague remembrance of a flavor? And they're like, yeah, that thing. I'm going to put it. that all over your face. What flavor of that do you want? And I'm like, it could be human shit, man. It feels <laughs> terrible. You mean the next 45 minutes of my life where you just put stuff into my mouth and make loud noises? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What flavor do you want that? Bubble gum. <laughs> Well, I guess the sooner we get started, the sooner that we're halfway through this series. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dig all the way into a distant thunder. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the very first town hall meeting here in the New World Order. I'm sure you guys have a lot of questions about the new laws and everything. So uh, the floor is open. Yes, you, sir. Uh, hi. Um, I'm Steve. I run the the bakery in town. I'm a, I'm a proud citizen. Great. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, the, the, the new hand tattoos, can I, can I get that on my face? You get, wait, what? The, the, this little citizen tattoo thing, mm-hmm. I, it's just, you know, I wear gloves at work, and I was thinking we'd just as easily get the totally not electric razor tattoo machine on my forehead, like right, right there on my face. Okay, uh, alright, all right, sorry, let me make sure I'm, I'm following you here. Nobody minds these tattoos, and some of you want them on your, on your face? Yeah, no, yeah, I, like I like them. I mean, uh, yeah, wow, lots of positive response to the tattoo face idea. Who, who'd have thunk? Uh, next, you, ma'am. Hi, yes, I'm Lucy. I work at the Fascist Bug on Main Street. It's mm-hmm. about these armbands. Okay, all right, yeah, here we go. Listen, guys, the arm- I love it. It goes with my hair, it goes with any outfit, and it's such a great little piece of flair. Wait, you... You don't mind the armband. Oh, not even a little. Accessorize. Hello? No, none of you. Nobody. I mean, you know, you guys do know that the last people to do the armbands really were the the Nazis. So we kind of figured they might not be um, super popular. Nope. I'm totally fine with it. You guys all like the armbands? Yeah, love the armbands. Yeah. too. Wow. Uh, okay. Anything else? Uh, yeah. Hi. Uh, I'm Brian. And I work in the space and aeronautics division, and I have some pretty serious concerns with the so-called explanation for the so-called emergency. Okay, figured this was coming. Yeah, go right ahead, Brian. Yeah, can I get it tattooed on my face? What? And we're back, and unfortunately, I feel like we kind of spoiled the opening for this film in last week's preview review, because apparently the preview contains the first 40 seconds or so of this movie verbatim, which is delivered Star Wars style, except over a church instead of outer space. Yeah, you know how all great movies begin with a still image? <laughs> yes, exactly. This one is of a church. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a long time. So for those of you who didn't hear the preview last week, basically it starts with giant red letters saying, the makers of this movie are not prophets. Yeah, right, right. But these are the words of actual prophets. Which means that at some point, someone along this creative process, if you want to call it that, was like, guys, guys, what if they worry that we're actually the prophets? And everyone was like, that's a really good point. <laughs> we need to, we need to devote 45 seconds or so of the movie to this. Yeah. Good, good call. We need a significant percentage of our movie to warn people that A, not only are prophets real, but we are not them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so we start off with uh, these filmmakers aren't prophets or filmmakers, really, when you come right down to it. And then we get a bunch of Bible verses that basically justify all the crazy shit we're going to get in the movie. 
And I just wrote in my notes, I hope the whole movie is just weird Bible passages. Just 55 solid minutes of, and then he said to me, I go onto the field and plant your... <laughs> and so-and-so begets so-and-so. And oh, by the way, I have to mention this because it's nowhere near as bad as the song from the first one. But during this whole thing, we're getting a, like a choral Jesus song. And it's basically a bunch of people singing, you know, he was Jesus, 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 He's our Jesus, friend. Jesus. His name was Christ. Jesus. He was Tell him Jesus. not to do. Don't touch yourself. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He Jesus. was something about him being named Jesus. Right. So it was easier when people couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put it back in Latin, dude. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Fuck it, man. Luther was wrong. <laughs> Luther was way wrong. So then we, we cut. Uh, from the photo of the church to the video of the same church. So basically we cut to the thing that we're already looking at. And then inside, I guess everyone, uh, is sitting in, laying in hospital beds singing this Jesus song. Right. They're singing the song from the beginning. They're singing the yeah, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. A good old lying down sing song. I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling blue, I lie in tent beds next to other people and sing the world's worst hymns. Yeah, yeah, well, then you'd fit right in in the post-apocalypse. So we pan over a bunch of people who are sitting in this church or laying in this church like it's a disaster shelter or whatever, and we see Patty from the first movie, and she's crying, so everybody gathers around her to, to do Jesus spells or whatever. Right, and basically the summary of this scene is Patty's like, guys, I don't believe in any of this Jesus shit. And they're like, but Patty, if you don't believe in this Jesus shit, you should get the fucking tattoo. And right. then you're allowed to go. And Patty's like, but if I get the tattoo, my soul will be damned. And it's like, make up your goddamn mind, Patty. <laughs> right. Either right. you believe in the Jesus shit and you don't want the tattoo, or you don't believe in the Jesus shit, in which case you should get that tattoo right now. You should wake up a guard and be like, hey, man, I just realized that these two things are correlated. <laughs> Tattoo, please. <laughs> well, right. Okay, so that's where we're starting in this movie. The, the, like, we're, we're not even going to warm you up. We're with a whole bunch of people who are waiting to be murdered in a in a disaster shelter because they won't get their tattoo. And all of them except for Patty are devout Christians, and that's why they're going willingly unto their death. But Patty just can't get over that. Now, now to, to Patty's credit, she gives really good reasons why oh, she can't. Yeah. Like, no, she gives great reasons why she doesn't believe in that Christ bullshit. Yeah, because they're like, well, why don't you either accept Christ or get the tattoo? And she's like, well, I don't want to accept Christ because, according to you guys, he's the asshole who did this. And they're this all like... This is all his fault. Right, but... Shush, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Everybody else is like, hmm, yeah, well, you know what I like is Twix Bites. Yeah, you oh, you little them Twix Bites? Oh, they're so great. <laughs> Whatever happened to Pop Rocks? <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, also we get a um, a Jew at this point who wanders up, and he's very Jewy. Like, he's, they have to put a big Star of David. Oh, yeah, I wrote, Bear Jew is Jewish. Yes, exactly. They don't want it to be uh, a mystery at all. But even he realizes in his horrible Jewiness that Jesus is the way now because he starts quoting Old Testament passages to Patty. To calm yeah. her down. And he quotes some cryptic fucking passage, and Patty goes, what does that mean? I'm like, exactly. There's the problem. And he's like, you don't remember Pop Rocks? You could mix them with Coke, <laughs> and they said it killed you. I bet that was just, I bet that wasn't real. Uh, 
So what were you saying? Something about how it all makes sense? <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. No, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, like, there's a priest who's there as well, trying to talk Patty into not thinking about the fact that she's going to get murdered. And he says, like, basically, well, hey, Patty, maybe if you told us all how you got there, we could do a flashback. So mm-hmm. we do. This priest does everything except go... <laughs> With his mouth. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I wonder do the hand what motion, it was like, like during <laughs> those times, those times, those times. You okay, Father? Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm about to get killed. Just... I'm going a little crazy. <laughs> My bad. So apparently it all started four years ago, uh, which narr- uh, Patty tells us through narration. Um, basically, she says, it all started when I dreamed a really boring movie four years ago. And then we got the opening like the title, which right. is like, I can only describe it as Thunderballs style. You know, it's like yeah. Alan Quartermain and the Lost Minds or something bump, bump. shows up. Bump, 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 bump. <laughs> well, bump, bump, bump. We, like you're about to see a real movie where things happen. Yeah, yeah. No, they they certainly were trying to fool you into thinking that. And then you get this this title theme. And, and this I have to spend a second on because it drove me nuts through the whole fucking movie. Oh, it drove movie. us both nuts. We both spent the movie and we both messaged back and forth and we were like, what is this? And yeah. I was like, I think it's from Star Wars. And you were like, it's not Star Wars. And I was like, no, it's the Imperial theme. And you were like, no. <laughs> no, definitely not that. Um, but yeah, no, it drove me nuts. I finally put it on Facebook and, and I, I believe it was Mark. I can't, if I'm, if I'm getting the name wrong, I, I super apologize because you saved me so many sleepless nights of trying to figure out where the hell this was from. It's the goddamn theme from Monty Python's Holy Grail. Yes, it is. It is absolutely, it's like almost note for note, the theme for this movie is the Holy Grail theme, which was a ripoff that this movie came out three years after Holy Grail. Um, and it just, and it, it's the most inappropriate, like if you, if you can't call that theme to mind, think, you know, like the spaghetti western version of a parody medieval movie. Right, yeah. Exactly. It's so clearly like action's on its way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's, it's not, it's by not, the way. No. It's not, no. giving you a heads up. I don't want a spoiler alert. Shit. I don't want anyone to think we're going to describe anything happening. So now we're basically we're revisiting the beginning of the last movie. Uh, the whole clock and... Which was her waking up from a dream, which was the end of the last movie. Right, yeah. We're revisiting both the beginning and the end of the I had a terrifying moment where I was like, oh, are we going to watch the whole last movie over again? Because it starts <laughs> on the first... I was like, oh, come on now. They tricked no, us, those bastards. forward. So, now, alright, so, if you recall, the beginning of the last movie was Patty waking up and finding the gigantic fucking Ghostbusters... Uh, proton pack razor that her husband had and her kid had been raptured and yada yada yada. Right. So now we're getting the moments immediately after that and she we're finds supposed a Honda to believe... Civic sitting in her sink. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we're supposed to believe apparently that once she realized her husband and, and daughter were raptured, she got up, did her hair, put on some makeup, and then went and hugged a pillow and started crying. Yep. So, um, so, oh, and of course, we've got the guy on the radio from the last one telling us how the rapture happened. And I love this little throwaway line. She's walking out of the bedroom, and the newscaster says, in summary, most people are shocked. Like, most people are shocked? Like, who's not shocked? My favorite line from the radio report was, some find the whole thing exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And I was just like, who's that guy? I want to talk to that guy. The Brian who walks out, well, how about it, neighbor? Well, I gotta say- Am I right? 
I would be that guy. I'd be like, you know, all the evangelical Christians just disappeared. I can sleep That's in as true. late as I want on Sunday. Nobody knocks on my fucking door. I'd that, be that, that guy. That would be pretty sweet. I'd be calling them in. I'd be calling into the radio thing. I'm one of those excited guys. Did you want to talk to me? Yes. Yeah, that now we know who it would be. It'd be like, wait, so you're saying I can just get on the train and no one starts shouting? <laughs> right, yeah, right. man. No one starts shouting. All right. Fine. That's I mean, there's the going to be tattoo, demons and but... stuff. Eh, it's okay. I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> a little tattoo. Oh, we also learned, by the way, that Patty has a pretty sweet fucking car. Um, mm. Anyway, it was a sweet car that she didn't have in the last movie. All of a sudden, a she's Honda got Civic, it. Honda Civic, everybody. Oh, was that it? It was a uh, 2012 Honda Civic. That was, the, that was her husband's razor, probably. <laughs> so, now... You can tell pretty pretty immediately that you're dealing with a much better film. Like like the the director on this knows what he's. There are establishing shots. He's been behind the camera before. He's probably touched one. <laughs> exactly. He knows what all the buttons do. Yeah. He didn't find this one in the garbage. <laughs> right. It was right. like Christian movie. Yeah. Exactly. It was sitting right next to the demonic porn. So now we get Patty. She's getting in the garage, uh, like driving off. And, and, and for for a second, it looks like she's just going to kill herself in the That's garage. That's what I thought, too, because she has a moment to be bummed in the car mm-hmm. where she's like, they're gone, they're all gone. And I was like, she killing herself in the in the garage? But no, she's just like taking a second. Yeah, no, because she just forgot that the garage door was down. And they actually keep that in the movie where she starts to back up and realizes the garage door is down, gets out of the car opens the garage door and gets out. I'm like, yeah, you know, you could have, that was and implied. And 55 minutes. Great. Excellent. Cool. We don't have to show her going back into the house to take a shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. Hey, we don't have to use that shot of you taking a shit. Yay. I'm so glad. I was really worried about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I was wondering why you shot that. So, and then by the way, through this, all of this, we're still getting the news guy talking about the rapture. Um, and, and there's an interesting exchange he has. He's interviewing somebody, I guess, on the radio show, and he's going, uh, as some biblical scholar or whatever, he's going, well, doctor, some people say that the word rapture isn't used in the Bible. What, what do you have to say? And I'm like, that's not an opinion kind of thing. Right. Either it is or it isn't. Is, uh, so some people think that the word bananagram is not in the Bible. <laughs> well, that's a tricky question. <laughs> is the word in the Bible? No. Are all of the letters? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Are some of those letters very close together? Even more yes. So, I mean, you know, if fair you and Bible balanced news code coverage. It, if you Bible code it. And the guy he's interviewing says, um, you know, has to kind of admit, no, <laughs> you know, none of this rapture crap is remotely in the Bible. Uh, but it does say something about people being lifted bodily into the heavens. So Where's the second half of that interview where he's just like, so what is actually in the Bible? Oh, okay. So Matthew thinks everyone's going to die in like 10 minutes. So he's like, <laughs> everyone cut your balls off. And we don't listen to that shit because fuck that. And run around and tell everyone. But then later on, James is like, now wait. I know that all that stuff he said was bullshit. But you believe me when I say it's going to happen. And it didn't happen when he said it was, but no, no it's it, so, but the point is it happened. It happened. <laughs> this interview is over. I haven't said anything. This interview is over. <laughs> and I also love that they reinforce even right. Like the credits are still running and they're reinforcing the message because the news guy says, well, but, but doctor, what there are still Christians here. If it was the rapture, why wouldn't you be gone? And he's like, well, I was a Christian, but I was a Christian wrong. I wasn't a crazy evangelical and only they get to go to heaven. So. Yeah, and that's, by the way, a major theme of this movie, even oh, yes. more so than the last movie, is you were a Christian wrong because you talked about loving people mm-hmm. instead of scaring your grandchild. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's funny because, like, they're trying – like, okay, so now she's driving over to a friend's house, and they're trying to go for, like – 
you know, post-apocalyptic hellscape, but all they managed was small fire on East Main Street. Yeah, exactly. She's just like, oh, I have to go the long way around because there's a fire truck here. And it was just clearly like, you know, the filmmaker called everybody up in the morning like, hell, there's a fire, there's a fire. I got this right across from my fucking house. Go ahead, get the camera, get her, get Jenny. You know. <laughs> just waiting for a fire in the <laughs> <Yes>. community. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Hey, sure is fun tonight. Maybe uh, maybe you kids want to start a campfire <laughs> near the old barn? Make perhaps? sure you put it out by blowing really hard. Yeah. Um, so it's apparently, so she went to see her friend Jenny when she realized that the rapture happened, which is kind of stupid because her friend Jenny was the Jesusiest person in the entire movie. Like, right. Fucking duh, she would get raptured. But she gets there and surprisingly, Jenny's kitchen is empty. Um, and she only has to check the kitchen, by the way. I love that about this movie. Like, well, she's a Christian, so she would have been in the kitchen. And Um, it's not nighttime, so she's not having sex (laughs) with her. No one's having sex with her. I don't think she's having the sex. No one is usually ever asleep or crying. (laughs) She's not there. She's not. What I mean is she's not there. This frosting got over whipped and she's gone. She's gone now. (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, so Jenny was gone. It, like, or at least she wasn't in the kitchen. She could have been taking a dump or something. We don't the know. The first half of this movie is like the Little Red Riding. No, is like uh, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears of the Rapture. Yes. She checked the first house and, <laughs> and Jenny no one wasn't was there. there. She checked the Biggin house and Grandma, Grandma wasn't, wasn't there. there. And of course, we have to get a flashback at each of these houses as well. Right. Which is interesting because we're already in a flashback. So yeah. we're having flashbacks in the flashbacks. It's like found footage in the found footage. You're finding a book Christian in a book. Christian movie, bingo. Give yourself a stamp. <laughs> exactly. So now we cut to a scene of um, uh, Patty and Jenny having lunch at a diner back in the day, talking about the apocalypse like you do. Yeah. And my first thought when I saw this scene was, man, Jenny got way hotter. That's what I wrote. Jenny got Ooh. super duper hot. She really did. Like Jenny got found a local Pilates class in between these two movies. I reckon it's not very often that women get more attractive when they lose the pigtails, but Jenny pulled it off. Whoo, yeah. damn. Mm. Um, so, but, but of course, like I said, they're talking about the apocalypse and Patty once again makes this great point. She's like, well, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't think you should use Christianity to terrify children. And um, Jenny's like, what kind of Christian are you, bro? Right. Have you read our book? <laughs> and that's the thing that I reflected most on in this movie is that, listen, there's always that one – there's always a counter-apologetic in mm-hmm. Christian movies. And usually they just don't answer it, right? They're just like – Yeah, oh, whatever happened potatoes. to Pop Rocks, yeah. Right, exactly. But this movie, the counter-apologetic is within Christianity – and so I'm kind of on the side of the rapture Christians because Jenny kept being like, I believe that God is love and mm-hmm. he believes that each of us is good in our hearts. And I was like, why? What about the book that he wrote makes you think I don't read the fucking right. Bill O'Reilly and that other guy who likes to make up history book and be like, these guys really care about people. No, I read that and I go, those are fucking crazy people. Right. Why did she read the Bible and go, God is love? There's nothing in the Bible to indicate God has done nothing loving in that no, book. No. Nothing. No. Zero loving behavior. And what's so funny is if there was a Christian on this call to counter, he'd be like, well, he murdered his son. Right. And I'd be that like, was nah. good. Yeah. Well, okay. So Voldemort's the bad guy. When he created seven horcruxes for your sins. Yeah, no, he murdered people. Okay, but he created those horcruxes so he could live forever. Wait, who? What? What? Yeah, he's just he created them for us. Wait, did they 
for us or for him? For him. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And that's what Patty's Your said. red cup is hurtful. <laughs> Patty's going like, like, I don't think I could worship God if his plan was to, you know, murder all the babies and then torture all the people that didn't love his kid enough. And and Jenny's uh, comeback is just, no, God's plan is perfect. You know, even the butt rape demons part, all of it's perfect. Yeah, she's basically like, I couldn't love God if he was like that. And she was like, well, you better learn because that's the one we got, honey. <laughs> yeah, right. Who here, have a Jesus pamphlet I carry with me all the time. Yes, yeah, so let me have – oh, what's this? This is just my tribulation pamphlet that I carry. <laughs> map. Carry. Tribulation map, like a timeline. Well, got yeah. got a little timeline, okay, and then this will happen, and then this will happen. Well, and maybe this is just the geek in me coming out, but they kept referring to it as a tribulation map, but it's clearly a timeline, and I'm thinking to myself, isn't that just Christian to think that a straight line is a map? Yeah. <laughs> so. And then you go here, and then you go there. It works just the same as logic. So, and then she justifies the fact that the rapture is you know, imminent by pointing out that the Bible says that people will gossip someday and they're gossiping. So, I yeah, mean. I mean, what more proof do you need? OK. Oh, and by the way, Christian movie bingo, um, Jenny offers her a book, too. You should oh, read yeah, this Christian book. movie bingo. You should read it. Although I love this. Mo- this particular version of you should read this book is, um, oh, my gosh, you have to read this book because of this one paragraph. And I was just like, <laughs> maybe just read me the paragraph. Then. Right. Maybe I don't read a whole book. <laughs> No, you need oh to get it in God. context. It's- you have to read this one sentence. It's in Ulysses. Start at the beginning. <laughs> That's how you'll really get it. So, yeah. So, like, Jenny uh, flashback ends, and now we go to um, – she she realizes that Jenny's not there, so she goes to see her grandma, who is the next most Jesus-y person that she knows. Yes. And, oh, well, f- first of all, grandma is a gem in this oh, Yes, film. yes, absolutely. So she goes to grandma's farm – Grandma's gone. Uh, at this point, I started to worry she was just going to visit everyone in her life and that the first movie was her dream and the second movie was just her going house to house finding empty houses. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, I, I wrote in my notes at this point, this is like a horror movie if the monster had already killed everyone. Well, right, right. Because like when she goes into grandma's house, they shoot it like, you know, she's about to like turn a corner and find a zombie any minute. Right. But the jump scare is just... A phone off the hook. Yeah, the jump scare is, oh, God, she, she's gone, and I'm Isn't totally here. safe. And I also love the way that th- this movie, they could not think of any way to represent Rapture except to have an appliance that was, like, you know, on but no one around to use it. So right. we get that constantly. The, the the shaver, the lawnmower, the phone, the mixer. You know, every time they need to represent, oh, this person's no longer here. But they were happened to be using an appliance at the time that they – everyone in the fucking world was using electricity at the same time. I hope as we go time. further into the movie, they have to use more and more obscure appliances <laughs> because they're running out of common everyday objects. It's like, well – Looks like Frank was just using his chainsaw in the kitchen, and yet here it is all abandoned. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Why would Jenny's vibrator be on if she wasn't here? So, yeah, so now she's in uh, Granny's bedroom, and she finds the the tribulation. I guess Jenny gave her the tribulation map, and then she sent it to her grandma, who already knew all the shit that was in it. And then grandma just had it on her bedside table for the last several years. Yeah, it's um, a little light reading for Gam Gam. I guess. Oh, and this is also where she throws down this line. She looks at the tribulation thing and the narration. She goes, I used to think this was all science fiction. 
Science fiction? Yeah, I wrote not science, just fiction. Yeah, just fiction, fiction. fiction. How dare you besmirch the good name of sci-fi? Yeah, science fiction is where there's science. This is just fiction. Yeah, so- it's not even fantasy. You don't have dwarves or elves no. or gnomes or dragons. <laughs> Well, there are dragons. There are dragons. No, not in this movie. There aren't dragons. No, no, unfortunately. There are any goddamn dragons in this movie. I'm waiting, though. I'm hoping by the yeah, uh, by the uh, fourth one we're going to get a dragon. We didn't even get any fire-breathing Jews in this movie. Yeah, it's bullshit. Just reading yeah. about them in the fucking newspaper. And now we get the next flashback in a flashback of a flashback. And this is... Um, her remembering a time, I guess, when she was at church and they brought in some fire and brimstone preacher to tell right, them where they how brought they brought in... Steve Martin's character from The Leap of Fate. <laughs> yes. With his giant lapels. Yes, exactly. Where he preaches that it will be very hard to have a job after the rapture. Mm-hmm. And then he goes over the seven seals. Oh, in a fucking 70s PowerPoint, and it's like 10 fucking minutes. Yep. Just giving us this detailed rundown of the tribulation map slash timeline. Right. And, and I wrote in my notes, is there going to be a quiz? Because I haven't been paying attention. <laughs> also, I want to point out, because I think this is racist, um, the, the white horse gets a crown, the red horse gets a sword, and the black horse gets scales. Yeah. Like, you just got to figure the black horse, the guy in the black horse came out and got, what, got, what the fuck, guys? I mean, I just, like, there are, I mean, I could get a lance oh, or something. did you not get a, did you not get a weapon? I'm so sorry. We, uh, <laughs> we have these. We just grabbed these. We were there first. <laughs> you got to show up a little bit. Or, yeah, and then there's a pale colored horse, That's which is not, not a, a color. No. <laughs> but it represents death. So, yeah. uh, and then he talk, talks about the earthquake and the blood and moon, and then the sun turns black, and then... There will be 30 minutes of silence. He actually says it like that. Like, oh, yeah. that's kind of... Silence for about 30 minutes. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. And I'm like... It's like, you could have left that part out, you know? 30 And then minutes? I'm going to take a crap, and then I'll uh, then I'll probably uh, play a little... You know, I'll probably play a little bit of uh, Papa Pear while I'm the, in there. You know, a, it's kind of mindless, but I like it. There'll be, uh, you know, there'll be like a, an Everybody Loves Raymond of silence. <laughs> <laughs> or so, Wait, yeah. So the moon's gonna turn black, it will rain blood, a fiery unicorn will starve and burn <laughs> the world, and then there and will then be there silence? I don't think is there that will be- Is that so we have something to look forward to? <laughs> what is- why are we being told about that? But, but see, that's the fucked up thing, is that I'm sure I would be there, because I'm not gonna get raptured, I would be there, and then the, 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 I'd be like, hey guys, did you see this? And I'd be like, shh, shh, 30 minutes. Oh, do we, we have oh. to do the whole 30 minutes of oh, silence? My bad. Oh, sorry. Does it reset every time someone talks? And, and <laughs> <laughs> Hey, guys, the world's going to end at the end of this. Just somebody keep talking. So, and then, and then it ends with this message, his whole, um, the PowerPoint presentation. He says, if you're going through the tribulation, it's your fault, not God's. You shouldn't have worn that slutty dress. That's what the good guy in this movie says. Yeah. A good character in this movie says those words. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now we flash back uh, to uh, or we go back to the first flashback in the nested flashback series where she's at grandma's house. And by the way, grandma's kitchen is clearly Jenny's kitchen with a couple of oh, appliances. Could not moved. be more Jenny's kitchen. Yeah. If Jenny had walked in halfway through the shot and been like, what are you doing in my kitchen? And grandma had been like, the world's going to end. <laughs> I'd have been like, yeah, I get it, Grandma. Yeah. You gotta take your medication every day. <laughs> 
with Brandy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in this movie's universe, apparently everybody keeps an eight by 10 headshot of themselves in their kitchen. Yeah. Because when she goes to Jenny's kitchen, she looks at the picture of Jenny and then grandma's. Yep. Here's a picture of grandma. So and Wait, now no, I'm confused. Do you not have an eight by 10 of your own face in your home? <laughs> Nowhere. No, of just you alone in a picture, no. looking looking slightly concerned. Not like of your loved ones that you would look at like normal pictures. No, but just, just a, like a picture. It's just a picture of myself. In I have a, a frame. huge poster of just me on the wall, just <laughs> staring blankly out. I always thought it was weird for now, but now I know it's for when I get raptured. People will come in and go, "Oh, this is where Eli lived." Right, right. So we can establish that. Right. Um, so now we get a, a flashback of Granny torturing her when she was a child, except for she's not a child. They made no effort to make her look younger in this or anything. No, not at all. So she's just like a 22-year-old making cookies with – or 26-year-old making cookies with her grandma. Right. And they're, of course, talking about the apocalypse. And Grandma, by the way, is chapter and verse ready. Oh, yes, yes. Gra- grandma is like a fucking autistic, like, rain man <laughs> with the Bible. <laughs> She's like, yeah, I mean, Grandma, where's that? And she's like, I think it's chapter 13, verse 2, second word on the left-hand side. It's like, fuck, Grandma. Yeah, right? Uh, and then there's more super evil credit card talk. And I'm thinking to myself the whole time, like, this is a very fucked up cookie baking conversation. This is, this is weird cookie talk. This is yeah. not... Yeah. Now you hand me those sprinkles. Anyways, he will reach into your eyes and pull out the truth from you. <laughs> Well, there's also this great exchange where, um, you know, Patty says, well, but I thought God was love. How inconsistent with this. And she says, well, he is love, but he hates sin. Right. And then she says, we deserve judgment and then puts the cookies in the oven like you get it. The cookies are us. We deserve to burn. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like these cookies. (laughs) Grandma, are you going to burn those cookies? Maybe. (laughs) I'm going to torture them. Are they going to worship me? No, Grandma, they're probably not going to worship you. Well, then I'm going to burn the fucking cookies. I'm going to stop coming over, Graham. I want you to know right now in this moment, I just decided in my heart to stop coming here. Oh, shit. And then, of course, we're going back to, uh like, oh, God, Jesus, it's so hard to figure out where in this Russian nesting doll of flashbacks we are. Uh, but now she's telling the story of how she fell behind on her mortgage payments after her husband got raptured, so she moved into Granny's house, which seems weird. I mean... Why would you not just move into Granny's, you know, free and clear house immediately when Granny got raptured? But she waited until she was behind on her mortgage payments. Whatever. Also, I love the idea that, like, mortgages are still – like, some guy was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. Just the fact that a third of the world vanished does not mean that you can fall behind on your mortgage <laughs> right. payments, okay? Yeah, you'd think it would be a buyer's market at that point. But, you know, loaf of bread, bag of gold, you know. And also, apparently, she's also taking her her neighbor Linda and Linda's little sister Sandy. Yeah. I, the, I think I'm getting the names right. Anyway, yes. they're going to move to uh, to Granny's house with them, and they're on their way out. They're pulling out of the driveway when Diane and Pornstash from the last movie show up. Yeah. So this, for those who are following along, this is Freddie Mercury and Slutwink, as I call them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they pull up. And they have this weird interaction. Now, this is a theme in the movie as well. So I want to take a moment and talk about it. Throughout this movie, they treat Patty's dream like it matters. Yes, everyone. And Patty treats Patty's dream like it matters. She's like, oh, I dreamed you threw me off a dam. And they're like, huh, that's a silly dream. But then Patty's like, no, you should apologize to me. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's just what your brain made. That's not <laughs> – right. 
And for the rest of this movie, we're going to have moments where Patty's like, I don't know, are my dreams real? The other night I dreamed that an armadillo was inside me. Maybe I'm going to poop an armadillo. It's like, no, man, you should dream. Yeah, it's so bizarre because she's like telling her friends like, oh, yeah, no, I haven't talked to you guys in months because I dreamt that you threw me off the dam. To which Jerry says, what were you doing at the dam? Like, right. is, is that the weird part of this story? Whoa, 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 wait. No, I'll throw you off some high shit, but you're saying you went to a <laughs> dam? That's crazy. That's authorized personnel only. I don't understand your dream at all. There's no way that makes sense. How would you get past security? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So, stand near this cliff. <laughs> Yeah, she, they insist that they're still good guys, and then, but Patty doesn't believe them exactly because when they ask where she's going, she lies to them. She doesn't tell them it's Granny. She says she doesn't know. Um, and right. I just want to point out that's a sin, going to hell. Oh, I, I should mention that Linda's husband is in the service. That this is the neighbor and hasn't heard from her husband since the rapture. But just before they drive off, the mailman shows up and they get a the letter. Mailman from pulls him. up in his Ford. Yeah, right. They couldn't afford a, a mail truck. He's one hundred percent not a mail truck, and he's just like, eh, "Now that the Raptors here, we're allowed to use our own cars." Here you go. <laughs> it's like the car, the the fucking steering wheel's not even on the opposite side. Yeah, so yeah. no, you couldn't. just threw that on our lawn. Yeah, well, go fuck yourself. So, uh, so then they drive off, and uh, the little sister sitting in the back seat, and she, uh, you know, of course, uh, Sandy's all excited because she's got the letter from her husband, and and the little sister's like, uh, "Are you going to read us the letter?" And she's like, "No, there's probably a lot of fuck stuff in it." Yeah, and they really talk about that. There's really a moment where she's like, well, you sure you're going to read it to us? And it's like, why are we going to – is he going to tell you to put your panties in your mouth? Because I'm into this movie. I want you to know I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Even if you do it right now on the on the drive. Yeah. Um, but before we can get to the reading of the letter, they, they have to drive over the dam. So Patty decides to stop there and show them, like, what happened in her nightmare. And I never show my friends what happens in my nightmares. I'm never like, okay, so this is my high school and I'm not wearing any pants and then my French teacher starts to jerk me off, but I can't stay hard. So then, hey man, can we, what are we doing here? Guys, it's just a four and a half hour drive. I'm trying to show you guys what happened in my nightmare. Yeah, no, I was expecting her because they walk right up to the edge of the fucking thing and then she climbs over the thing. She's like, okay, now push me off the dam. Push me off the dam. I'll show you what happened in the dream. Anyway, so then uh, so they get back in the car and then now they're reading the letter and oh shit, uh, it looks like Sandy's husband or Linda's husband, whoever. It looks like the fucking military guy found him some Jesus right at the last minute. Right. She has this moment after she because he's like oh we went to this prayer meeting and i've been saved and she has this like she has this oh no moment and i was like i feel you wendy i feel because if if anna just texted me and was like i've been saved by christ i also (laughs) would be like oh no (laughs) it was gonna be such a happy marriage this is gonna be no fun i'm just gonna get my stuff and go well, but then the the fucked up thing, though, is in the context of this movie, this just means, oh, good, he's in heaven. He doesn't have to go through the rapture. And she's terribly upset about this. So right, apparently exactly. she was hoping for a, a, a less happy ending for him. And now we, we move back out of the series of flashbacks or whatever to the present day moment. Right. Where fat Andy Kaufman is going to explain to everyone... <laughs> I wrote Fat Gallagher, but yeah. Yeah, we both, we had the, we had the same idea. This could not be 
This may be the most, listen, I know we say a lot of this might be the most, this might, this might be the least attractive person we've seen in a Christian movie so far. <laughs> I could have done the entire fucking episode oh, just yeah. on this guy. We have 70 solid minutes on this man's physical appearance. <laughs> Green jumpsuit does not look good on this gentleman. No! He looks like someone tried to hide a marshmallow inside an army man. <laughs> And as bizarre as his look is, the things he's saying are even fucking crazier. Yeah. So he basically says, you're going to come with us. You're going to come up to the front. You can get your tattoo or we're going to call you in random alphabetical order. Then we'll take you outside. Remove your blindfold. Will you be asked one more time whether or not you want to change your mind? And if you don't get the tattoo, we're going to kill you. That, right. and he's just, and he's explaining this in such a calm, like, you know, whatever school assembly type manner. Uh, you will be executed today. There will be a pep rally at 235. Go Bears. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Bueller, it's time for you to get executed. <laughs> exactly. So at, at any rate, like, okay. To me, doesn't seem like a particularly tough choice. Basically, Fat Stephen Wright is saying, either get murdered or you get this tattoo. And everybody in the room is going, hmm, I don't know. Get yeah, I would have been like, excuse me, Krusty the Clown without makeup? I would like two tattoos, please. <laughs> two tattoos. One for me and one for one of these stupid motherfuckers who doesn't want right, to get one. Right. And also, I love, okay, so Patty's sitting here now with, with uh, Linda or Wendy and, and the preacher from earlier or whatever. And they're all ch- chatting, and he says the whole thing about how you know we're going to blindfold you, we're going to take you out, then we're going to unblindfold you, and then we're going to kill you. And 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 Linda goes, "Why would they remove the blindfold?" And I'm like, "That's the that's the question. That's where you're hung up. That's- Not the why are they going to kill me over the tattoo thing? You're con- you're worried about why they Wait, take the fucking why blindfold. Why would they take off the blindfold? None of this makes sense. I mean, listen, Nazi armbands and cutting off people's heads for not joining this." <laughs> Tattoo cult, I get it. I'm on board. I'm a hundred percent with it. But taking off blindfolds is just weird. Well, and and the whole this whole scene because we're gonna go back to this scene a number of times. The rest of the movie is basically gonna take place in flashbacks from this scene, and it's the weirdest fucking. It's the most sedate execution that you can imagine because they basically they're just gonna call out names: Davis, Smith, Ron, oh, and these people, and these white people. By the way, still all white people. All white. These white people all could not more calmly. And yeah. happily go just like, oh, excuse me, I think I'm actually next. Yeah, no, it's me next. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. Oh, he fine, said Davis. Fine. I thought he said Davies. My no, bad. No, my no, no. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> go get your head cut off. Yeah. No, you first. You first. Let no. me know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> it looks fun. I hear they take your I mean, off. and there's no, <laughs> there's no like armed guards like, like hustling them through or anything. They just call out four names. Everybody's like, ah, oh, my turn to die. And then, of course, they're giving the, the the preacher is giving Patty advice on what to do when they call her name. And basically, the advice is, Patty, whatever you do, die. Right. This is not good advice. You have to die. <laughs> yeah. You have to, because they're like, if you don't die now. There's going to be a time when you want to die, but you aren't going to be able to. And I was like, what? She's going to be – is that a thing? Like you're immortal in the rapture? And so that – what the fuck is that? It wasn't exactly consistent from a logical perspective. And then, of course, he says, hey, Patty, I've got an idea. Tell us about more flashback stuff. Right. 
And, or like I think the way he comes in is, is is something like you know, well, whatever happened to Diane and Jerry? Just you know, like the most random prompt that Listen, you could possibly imagine. I'm about to get my head imagine. cut off, but I want to figure out what happened with with with, uh, with Freddie Mercury stash and uh, Slutwink there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to like. I know, will not die with this story unfinished. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like Abe Lincoln wondering how the play ended. Yeah. Um. So it, we're sitting around at Diane. So I guess Diane is their um their hookup for food ration bars. Which is yeah. all you can eat, which is weird because they live on a fucking farm, but at any rate. Food doesn't grow after the rapture because that guy on the black horse is driving around. Oh, like, right, right, the turning the stuff. ground to, to iron right. such that no vegetables can sprout from it. Yes, I remember that from Deuteronomy. So they're sitting around at Diane's house all just chilling and reading the newspaper, and uh, they say – they, uh, she says, hey, look at this story. It's about Jewish people prophesying in Jerusalem. And I'm like, wow, that's international news, is it? Yeah, exactly. But then we find out that they're fire-breathing yes, Jews. Yes, yes. They're the fire-breathing Jews. I wrote in my notes, I'm back on board again. I want to see 1970s fire-breathing <laughs> right. Jews with big lapels and <laughs> bell-bottoms on. I'm in it. But we don't get to see him in this movie, guys. We don't get a fire-breathing Jew. No, yeah, yeah. Don't mean to tease you. No dragons, no fire-breathing Jews. This fucking movie sucks. Yeah. And it's the most fucking little anti-Semitic. She's like, according to Rabbi Ru- 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 Jew name, right. and then carries on. Rosen- Rosenberg, steal your money. <laughs> Cheat you on that car deal. I know this wasn't a new car. Fucking ran it backwards, you little <laughs> shiny-faced fucker. And so Jerry is very clearly not taking this seriously, to which somebody says, Jerry, how can you make fun of this? And I thought, I can, I can show you. Like, yeah, how just, can you not make fun exactly, of this? Exactly. I do this for a living. Better question. <laughs> so then we cut to the TV, mm-hmm. and the world is at nuclear war. Yes. And we know the world is at nuclear war because we nuked Uganda. <laughs> right? What's that? Uganda. <laughs> We were after their strategic tungsten reserves, yeah, you see. Why? What, it's literally, that might have improved Uganda. <laughs> see, I was just thinking they had a pride parade, and so <laughs> yeah, exactly. we helped them like, out. Well, you no. know. Oh, well, good. We have the one nuke. Because yeah. um, that's what the guy says. Is like, As you can see from this picture from Uganda of a nuclear explosion off in the distance that looks kind of like the Bikini Atoll, but trust us, it's Uganda. Um, we're at war. Right. And, of course, like the news guys in, some people are pointing out that the Bible said that there would be war, and there is war, so checkmate, pretty So much. it's pretty much exactly what happened in the Bible. Like, you know how the Bible described nuclear fission? Yeah. <laughs> you know how specifically the Bible said nuclear fission? Not just, like, badness. <laughs> Hot badness. This is We're badness, Fire, though. maybe? <laughs> fire of a kind. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. That encompasses only the one thing. Um, and I did think this was kind of clever that as we're, as we're doing this, they're like looking at a chess set, you know, so we're seeing the white horse and the red horse. I mean. Okay, those are knights. Not yeah, horses. not horses, okay. but. <laughs> saying maybe if God had chosen something different, like a picture of a horse or an actual horse, which we're going to have later on, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. I'm letting it go. But it is interesting to know if you find yourself post rapture to know that those horses just get to move two up and one over yeah exactly so if you're next to a horse where you just stand right don't stand in an l to him but if you stand right, right next exactly. to him or in a direct diagonal you'll be fine yeah exactly so then we cut to um the bad preacher from the first movie who is also the producer of this movie russ Doughton, i believe is his name and his he's preaching to a pretty much empty church 
about the rapture. And I, at this point, I wrote in my notes, like 80% of this movie so far has been quotes from Revelations. Yep. That's pretty much all the dialogue. Yep. Also want to point out that the preacher's wearing a Pee Wee Herman suit, which is quite he is distracting. He also points out that a, a loaf of bread can now buy a day's wages. Yeah. Which is uh-huh. not a bag of gold. No, no, and it's not a, uh, yeah, right, right, exactly. So I'm just, I'm just going back there again. <laughs> this song's still stuck in my head. I just wanna, I just wanna know. Okay. Yeah, so then we get this conversation with, uh, Patty chatting with the preacher after this, basically saying, hey, you know, why didn't you tell me about all of this shit with the craziness and the rape demons and stuff? And he's going, oh, it's your fault. Yeah, did you, did you, this is like the very, like, wink at the audience, like, did you not have a Bible? Did right. you not, were you not able to find out for yourself that, a unicorn was gonna shit across the sky fire? You didn't need me to say that. You've got this perfectly clear 875,000 page book that's mostly genealogies to tell you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What, did you, did the talking donkey not make this clear? I understand. What about the talking snake threw you off from the fact that this is a book of true facts? <laughs> And then, of course, Patty goes, she actually utters the line, well, I'd rather have been scared into heaven, which is apparently what these people have to tell themselves to show children this fucking movie. I'd rather be scared into heaven. The Christian story. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the the very clear message of this scene is if your preacher isn't talking about Satan and rape demons, you need to find one who is. Find a different church and stand up and scream at your preacher and be like, no, you forgot the part with the demons. And he's going to be like, it's Easter. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Demons. Talk more about the demons. Or I'm going to find someone who will. You should request revelations like Freebird at church. (laughs) Talk about the unicorns. I love the new shit. And then we cut to the stables. I guess Granny kept some horses. Mm-hmm. And uh, now Linda and Sandy and Patty are all going to go on a horseback ride so that we can get more horse symbolism. Right. Well, she has this moment where she's like, don't trust that horse. That yeah. horse looks at you, sweet. And I was like, oh, that horse is going to kill you. Yes, it's the evil murder horse. <laughs> she's like, don't ride that one. He's an evil murder horse. Why would you keep an evil murder horse? And she's being hypnotized what? by it. It's like a Dracula scene. Like yeah. Bella, just like oh, horse. And I wanted the horse to sweep a cape in front of its eyes and just right. slowly stare into. <laughs> so they're eating their power bars on their picnic mm-hmm. and talking about what they want to eat. But well, they don't reveal that right away because at first it's just a girl going like, "Oh, I want some corn on the cob," and she doesn't say what she's going to do with it. So I was yeah. using my imagination. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, my favorite part of that talk is she goes, you know what I want? And the girls are like, what do you want? And she goes, a nice, big, red watermelon. And I was like, oh, I was so star- – I would if someone had paused the movie and been like, Eli, for a million dollars, is she going to say <laughs> cock? I'd be like, oh, yeah, 100% cock. Well, Final answer. Final answer, Regis. Cock. <laughs> you don't say watermelon after you say Big red. You say, eh. She said juicy in there too, yeah. Yeah, juicy. Right. Nice big red juicy dick. Yeah, exactly. So, and I thought to myself, oh, come on, Patty. She's too young to get more than a corn and cob in there. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of ribbed too. She can't do yeah, watermelons exactly. yet. The key is you gotta sit down hard. <laughs> you gotta commit. <laughs> and then, this is so, okay, so then a dog barks at them and they watch them for a really long time. And I'm like, are we supposed to, is this scary? 
Are they right. are they afraid of dogs? So right. for, I wrote my notes. What is it, boy? Did Timmy get raptured? Yeah, <laughs> right. And then out of nowhere, Jewish Charles Manson shows up mm-hmm. uh, in the scene to save Linda. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I bet he. I bet he had something big, red, and juicy for her, though. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and he looks. I, I, he looks super hipstery. So I wrote in my notes, "Hipster Jesus died before it was cool." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then he quotes John 3.16 for the 33rd fucking time in this movie. Right. And then she drops down on her knees, and she's not going to blow him, guys. I know you were hoping it, too. I was like, ah, nope. She just prays and Jesus shit. The acting suggests porn. The first half of each sentence suggests porn, but no, no, there's nobody blowing anybody. Um, Hippie Jesus helps her. But now, Hippie Jesus very clearly does not help out the other two, does not save them. And that's, you know, important. That's going to matter later on. Yeah, Um, no, it's, yeah, yeah. Monty Python theme, foreshadowing. (laughs) So then they're walking around and this guy wanders into their house who looks exactly like Burt Young, Pauly from Rocky. See, I said Tom Waits. I had Tom oh, Waits right. on mine. Yeah, but yeah like old yeah, school, okay. old old Tom Waits. Yeah, I, I got more of like a, you fuck my sister. But anyways, uh, he comes in and he's like, I don't have anything to eat. And he's like, and they're like, yeah, man, we don't have anything to eat. But then Linda slash Wendy, maybe, she's going to share her food because she's a Christian now. Yeah, she's like, well, like, meet me later in the park. So there's just the one. Uh, park. park in in the country now. Yeah, exactly. So now we 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 flash forward to her meeting him in the park and talking Jesus with him. I wrote in my notes. Oh, great! The one benefit of the rapture, which would be not having to talk to people like you anymore, right. and I don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and he even says, like, when she starts talking about how much she loves Jesus, he's going like, "You know, I wouldn't go babbling that around here if I were you." And that's good advice, regardless of whether or not the rapture happens. Yeah, just generally shut up. <laughs> exactly. Shut up about Jesus. Exactly. It's boring. They also have the great, um, and I've heard this Christian exchange a number of times before, where the guy says, "Well, but I believe in God," and she says, "Well, so does the devil." To which he doesn't say, well, you know, I also don't torture people for a living, so... Oh, well, that's where you and God are different. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That is... Oh, you meant the devil! You meant the devil. <laughs> See, I thought, because, you know, the devil only tortures people who have died, but God tortures people who are alive and dead. And then and he kills them and sends them to this devil. And bad to... people. And since he created the devil, <laughs> he's kind of like a terrible version of both. I'm sorry, am I trying to convert you? I'm not doing great. Well, I can feel I'm not doing great. I couldn't tell if she was trying to convert him or fuck him by the way she was talking to the dude. And then we uh, we cut to more theological bullshit because this movie, like, basically this entire movie is trying to answer this question. like, why would you worship a God who would do the kind of fucked up shit you're saying God is going to do? And their answer, again, is Pop Rocks. So you've got the three girls now doing a, a puzzle in a thunderstorm and, uh, you know, talking about how Not the hippie- sexual position, guys. Just the, just actually doing a puzzle <laughs> in a thunderstorm. I wish they were doing this. Listen, Google that. You know, a puzzle in a thunderstorm is hard. you got to get four people... <laughs> One of them's got to be a little person, and one of them's got to be flexible. Now, if the little person's flexible, you only need three people. But if, if it's four people, wait, no, it's five. How many holes does the female body have? I always forget. I'm going to just two, three, 
four, six. Is it, it, could it just be three? No, well. Is it just three? I, it depends on which size holes you're, you're talking about. I feel like it's just so, three. <laughs> Anyways, is that neither here nor there? No. <laughs> Tune into our new podcast, How to Properly Do a Puzzle in a Thunderstorm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I would much prefer the movies we'd have to review for I, that one. You I know. would rather do a puzzle in a thunderstorm than watch the next two movies. <laughs> My wife's pretty little. Um, yeah. So and, and so they're having this discussion about hippie Jesus and why you know Patty didn't get saved and stuff. And I, I loved this exchange here in particular because. Uh, you know, Linda says like, well, Patty, it looks, it sounds to me like you're looking for reasons to not believe in God. To which Patty says, you know, babies die of cancer. To which Linda should have said, oh, looks like you found one. <laughs> well oh, done. Wow. You know what? Nailed you it. are right. I wrote in my notes, you know, Patty, you're kind of being a bitch. <laughs> Problem of evil. Patty, shut your whore mouth. Yeah. Pop rocks. Pop rocks, damn it. And then we get the, we get the closest to an apologetic we'll get in this movie, which is that dead babies are like pieces of a puzzle. <laughs> right, right. She says like, well, you can't see the whole picture because you can just see this one piece. And so unless you see the whole picture, you wouldn't understand. I'm like, but just, if part of it is baby cancer, it's a bad puzzle. Right, yeah. If I had a beautiful puzzle with waterfalls and dogs running on rocks and one piece of that puzzle was a dead baby, <laughs> I'd be like, that's not a very good puzzle. Right. Can I get a puzzle without the dead baby? <laughs> if the bigger picture has baby cancer in it, really doesn't matter what it's a picture of. <laughs> right. It would be better without the baby cancer. But look at the waterfall, though. Doesn't matter. There's <laughs> one piece of this puzzle that has a dead baby on it. <laughs> oh, and then, of course, the, the, the barn is on fire. I guess it got... Yeah, it rained so hard the barn caught on fire. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Which, by the way, there's no food, but there is a fully operational fire service. With a, like, eight-second response time. Like, by the time they're able to run out of their house and realize the barn is on fire, the fire department is already there. Right. This was very clearly they were just like, all right, so we need a big set piece for this movie. And one guy was like, I got a barn you can burn down. Fire department will like, show up eventually. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> and of course, you know, everybody's safe and everything except, you know, three of the horses that got burned to death inside when God had his little temper tantrum. But evil murder horse escaped. Right. And has another eye fuck moment with Linda where she's like, oh, evil horse. And evil horse <laughs> is like, yo, what's going on? What's going on? Just got back from the gym. Use pre-workout. It's really important to use pre-workout. All right. Bye, devil horse. Going to use pre-workout. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so the barn is gone and evil murder horse is on the loose, and that can only mean that shit's about to hit the fan. But before it does, we need to take a quick break for the sake of our collective sanity. So let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will the Antichrist's evil plans come to fruition? Will we get some hot patty on Linda lesbian action? Will this movie also fuck us with the bullshit it was all a dream cop-out? Find out the answers to these questions and more when we return for the demented conclusion of A Distant Thunder. All right, next up on the execution list, uh, Bosnick, Eli, Bos, Bo, Eli, come on, man, I know it's you. Me? Me? No, 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 you haven't, you haven't called my name yet. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I'm just waiting until you call my name, just like everybody else, just waiting for my name to be called. Okay, well, you don't have a tattoo, so what's your name? 
Um, my name is That's not a name. That's just a Z noise. It's uh okay. Well, first of all, I don't appreciate your tone. The zzz came over on the Mayflower oh, for your information. Okay, fine. It's your turn to go get executed. Okay, well, you're supposed to go in alphabetical order. No, I, you know what? I'm going to skip right now to you because that's my choice. Now, do you want to die or do you want to get a tattoo? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, tattoo. Wait, really? Then why didn't you just come up at the beginning? Oh, honestly, wasn't paying super close attention. I've been getting a solid HJ from Wendy for the last 20 minutes. Oh, okay. So, hey, put Wendy at the end of the yeah, list. Yeah, Wendy's is... <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. When we last saw our heroes, the pale horse was a-riding, and since they can't afford to show us much in the way of chaos, we just get radio reports of chaos. And as Patty is happy to narrate, death was everywhere. Right, as opposed to before the rapture, when death was also everywhere. Well, right, I mean, she's like, well, the radio and TV were constantly reporting death, and I'm like, that's, yeah. Yeah. The news. Was there more death, or was it just the same amount of death? Yeah, you'd think it would be less since, you know, a third of the people already got bamfed to heaven or whatever. Right, yeah, exactly. I also love that she's like, and amongst amongst the people who died, apparently Linda's dad melted out on the street and she got a letter about it or something. Yeah, exactly, which is a bummer. Yeah. They're killing Israeli missionaries. And then yeah. they say, they say, oh, we've got food bars coming from Diane. We've got to be really friendly with Diane. And I just wrote, mm-hmm. I'm listening. How friendly. <laughs> Talk to me about this. I'm with it. Yeah, but apparently they don't have enough gas to get all the way to Diane's place for um for their food rations. So Diane agreed to meet them halfway, which dun 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 is the dam where bop, she bop. dreamed that she bop, got bop, killed bop, bop. in the first movie. Right. So she goes there, and again, you have to live in a world where this. I mean, I guess if she has prophetic dreams, I can understand why. She thought this way, but she was also hearing about the rapture all the time from all of her members of her family and various preachers and her friend and her friend's husband. So it's not insane that she would have dreamt about the rapture. Well, and not only that, but like keep in mind that the dream that she was having about the rapture, like when she wakes up for it, there's a radio playing talking about the rapture. So if the radio was playing while you were still asleep, of course you would be dreaming about the rapture. Yeah. As you're waking up. Yeah. So, it, so she gets to the dam. She sees them there waiting for her with her free food bars. Mm-hmm. And then she runs away. Right. And right. they chase her. Well, first we have to have a flashback to the other movie so that they didn't have to film. Right. You know, I said an flashback and... to before she lost all that weight. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, and then, yeah, she turns around and they give chase and. This is clearly an example of a car chase where they cannot afford to ding either of the cars. Oh, yeah. So basically, it's like, you know, I wrote in my notes, man, this chase scene is so intense, they're almost speeding. Yeah, these cars are going full on 40 miles an hour, guys. Yeah, well, and then cornering a little slower, but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so then she gets out of her car and she runs and Jerry runs after her and Jerry still hasn't learned to wear full pants, apparently. Mm-hmm. But eventually he catches up with her and he is understandably perturbed. Yeah. He's like, what is going on? And she's like, let me see your hand. And he's like, what? Nothing. And she's like, oh. My bad. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> I, do you remember that dream I had a few months ago? And they were like, yeah. We remember the first time you told about it. It was dumb then. It's <laughs> right. even dumber now that I brought you a bunch of free food and then just wasted a shit ton of our admittedly rare gasoline chasing after your psychotic ass so that you don't starve to death. <laughs> And then Diane comes in and she's like, 
she has every right to think that dreams are real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're being awfully forgiving here, way more so than I would have been. I mean, it would basically, like, if you told me, like, you know, like, hey, Eli, why weren't you there for the record on Gamcast? You're like, oh, I dreamed you killed me. Be like, that's yeah. really fucking weird. Oh, no, I dreamed you had a baby's face. <laughs> okay, well, I don't. No, yeah, but I dreamed it. <laughs> And then Lucinda just got on the line and he was like, you gotta be okay with it, Noah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Eli dreamed you had he a baby's face. He thought you had a baby's face, and so, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like, do you wanna, okay, the video's on, you can see my face now. Well, so it's a normal face now, but how do I know it's not gonna turn into a baby's face later? This is exactly what happened. It was a normal face and then it turned into a baby's face. Yeah, exactly, and you were sitting in your office. I'm gonna lay out several jars of Gerbers around you in a circle, and if you can resist eating them for 25 minutes. I'm, I'm pretty high. There's, I don't think that's a fair Yeah, test. there's no way. There's no way, man. That was like my staple diet in, uh, in college, mashed, so. Mashed apricots, man. That's mashed pretty apricots. pretty good shit. So then we go back out of the flashback to fat Andy Kaufman reading out names of people who have to go get murdered. Mm -hmm. And then a lady comes in and she's like, oh, it's so terrible. Ah! And she comes in and takes the, the tattoo. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote in my notes, how are they killing people? Via Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you go out there and see? That was so bad that it changed your mind. Knowing that you were going out there to get killed. Yeah, it's like, oh. Right. Knowing that you're going out there to die, unless they were like, we got this bag full of wet hammers and we're just going <laughs> to swing you against the wall in it. I'd be like, all right, well, that's unpleasant, but not mind changing. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, maybe if they were like smearing you on honey and putting you on an anthill or something, I, I would right. I don't know. But at any rate, and, and I, I find it really funny that like when the woman comes in screaming, everybody's like, oh, that dumb bitch. The stupid, stupid, <laughs> sad, crying, vulnerable bitch. <laughs> and she interrupted your story. How rude. Yeah. Anyways, what happened to the priest guy? Yeah, what, what happened to Reverend that? Turner? Not about that lady who just changed her religion out of fear. <laughs> and I love that, like, that's the question that he prompts the next flashback. Of, whatever happened to Reverend Turner? Like, that minor half-assed character that you barely mentioned in your series of flashbacks. Right. Okay, sure. Why not? So we cut to Reverend Turner... And he's a Trump 2016 supporter now. <laughs> All alone in a church, just like, I tried to tell you, America's good. We're going to make America great again. It's like, all right, well, which, by the way, is boarded up. He's alone well, right. in a boarded up church. Yeah, they don't reveal that right away. At first, you just see him preaching, and then it backs away. The whole church is empty. The lights are off. There's, it's boarded up. There's a keep out sign on it. So, yeah, yeah he lost his fucking mind. And and Patty, I guess, went to visit the church and found him in there all crazy and, and, and talking to himself. So she goes to leave. And this is when, I guess, the the sun is supposed to stop existing. And yeah, turn... the sun went out. Yeah, exactly. But they couldn't afford eclipse footage, I guess. So we're just looking at a regular sun. We're just looking at a sun and she's like, ah! And we're like, oh, I'm not supposed to be... Something other than our sun. I guess, I yeah. You can see right now. It's yeah, not exactly. That one. Like miracle of Fatima all over again or something. But so, so she's running away and, and I'm like. I'm pretty sure this way's west. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure. So, so she's like running, she runs up to a house now because the sun went out and she's got to get indoors and she knocks on the door. Nobody answers. So she breaks the window. 
Yeah, she knocked an entire one time, guys. What else was she supposed to do? <laughs> right. Not break a window to the place that she currently lives? Well, that's what I do when it gets cloudy. If I'm out walking and it gets cloudy, I break the nearest window and, right. and, and run To inside. my home. To my home. <laughs> right. <laughs> I smashed the window to my own home. <laughs> But this is this is where you could tell they really had a budget in this one compared to the last one because yeah. they actually get like a full blown earthquake set going here, mm-hmm. which is way more than I was expecting out of this movie. But of course, that does point out like, okay, so there was an earthquake, so she ran inside. That's right. not smart. That's not also, what you do. It's an earthquake. You've never heard of earthquakes because she right. reacts to this earthquake like she's never. Even remotely, uh, like if you had never known earthquakes exist and you reacted this way, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I understand. Right, she didn't right. But like, I would have been like, oh, an earthquake. Yeah. So, well, if she screams loud enough, the earth will stop shaking. Yeah. I guess she can appease it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. And, and again, this scene doesn't exist for any reason or anything. It's just they had the money for the earthquake set, so they used it. I reckon. Because then we just immediately cut to one night about a month later, uh, according to our uh, narration, where apparently they're still doing the same 250-piece puzzle. These are not smart women. <laughs> no, okay. apparently not. I understand. Again, for the 48th time, the brown side does not go up. <laughs> Where's the brown? The brown is all on the back. <laughs> okay, so how do I know where it fits? You do it on the front, on the side with the colors. <laughs> My piece has a dead baby on it. Well, then it's not a good puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the park uh, where they meet Tom Waits again. And then so they're at the at the um, picnic table, and uh, Sandy hears a meow. This is my this is my favorite part of this movie. Oh my god, this is so fucking amazing! She says, "Oh, it's the little kitty. Let me go find the kitty." And she walks into the woods, and apparently this was all a setup. We see that Tom Waits has the mark of the beast on his hand, mm-hmm. and there were UN guys <laughs> in the bushes yes! making Meowing! cat noises yes! to lure her. <laughs> Where's that planning meeting? God, I would take anything for just a reverse shot. I would pay all the money in the world for just a reverse shot of three full grown (laughs) men, one in the middle going, I'm telling you, no one's going to come over. Shut up. Everyone likes cats. (laughs) Purr a little, purr a little. Right. So they run, you know, the UN guys pop out and uh, both from the same direction, which is kind of stupid. And as they're running away, we get the worst stunt in the history of stunts where uh, I guess Linda is supposed to like her leg is supposed to get caught as she's running. Oh, in the across the bridge and she yeah. just sits down. Yeah, exactly. She just yeah, very clearly like pushes her leg through the thing and then sits down so as not to hurt herself. And yeah. and they catch him because uh, uh, Tom Waits has ratted on them. Yeah. And then we cut to the hospital scene. Now, we saw this in the preview, and it makes no more sense now. Yeah. But basically, there's a there's a lady who's like the receptionist at the hospital, and another woman standing there with a baby that's crying, and she's going, please, my baby hasn't eaten in two days. Right. And we're about to come up to, uh, again, Christian movie bingo, because, again, there's fun, wacky, bad ideas throughout these movies. We're about, we're about to come to the strange, surprising, morally reprehensible thinking part of this movie. Right, right, because the the lady is clearly saying to her, like, oh, sorry, you don't have your tattoo, we can't do anything for your baby. Right, so she says, my baby is sick, Mm -hmm. and she says, well, if you get your mark, we'll take care of your baby for free. 
Right. We'll give your baby health care. Now, listen, I don't have kids. I don't. I don't have kids. Mm. But I would get the mark on my dick hole if my fiance was sick. There's no amount of thing you could do to me that if my fiance was desperately sick, and you're supposed to love your babies more. Well, look, I would do that for her baby. I mean, I would get the tattoo on my dick so that her fucking baby could get some food. Yeah. I'd show up with one wrist behind my back and be like, yeah, man, I haven't gotten my tattoo yet. Here, give me mine. Now give my baby health care. Right, right. And then she'd be like, thanks. And I'd be like, double tattoos, bitch. I'd be tattoo man by the end. I'd be just covered in QR codes. <laughs> you could fucking scan me for coupons. <laughs> well, but yes, but the but the message that this movie is sending is that the right thing for this mom to do is to take her particularly chunky baby for not having eaten in two days. Yeah, they needed a thinner baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know how that casting worked, but that baby, when they showed it on the way out, I was like, that baby has not eaten in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, exactly. So, uh, that baby is eating now. He has a Cinnabon in his hand. <laughs> right, so what we're watching basically is a mother kill her child rather than get a social security card, and this movie is endorsing that. Right. There's nothing I could believe in strongly enough that I would let my child or my loved ones die for it. And and not only that, but there's nothing that you should believe in right. that much. And especially in, there's nothing I could do to me. Right. There's no thing that even if they if the thing was if it was just a social security card and they were like, cut your hand off for free health care for your baby, I'd be like, Cool, go with the right one. I don't need to do this stranger anymore. Go to lefty, you can follow me through. Bam. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then again, again, we have to accept the precept of this movie is that God made sure that all of this was going to happen. So, right. you know what, if 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 I show up at the fucking pearly gates and he's like, well, you did get that tattoo rather than let your baby die. I'd be like, I would rather go to hell for eternity, you piece of shit. Right. Doesn't shouldn't the person who lets their baby die go to hell? No, it's not <laughs> no. how it works. I, I don't like people with tattoos. Oh, OK, cool. <laughs> It does say that as much as it says that you can't have gay sex anyway. Yeah. So now they've, they've taken uh, Linda and, and, and Sandy, who apparently got beat up in that bad stunt, to the hospital yeah. to get them treated uh, before they take them to get executed, I guess. Right. We're going to give you free medical care because we're about to murder you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't exactly. want you going to death all scratched up. <laughs> With all these fakey looking bruises and stuff. Right. And, and by the way, did all women's waistlines go up to the clavicle back then? Or is that just these two girls? Oh, yeah. No, these women look like they're hiding inside a pair of, like they're midgets hiding inside a pair of pants. Like the little rascals, one of them is going to stand on the other one's shoulders at any moment. I'm a big lady. And I'm here to get my tattoo. And so, you know, like usually when you have an enemy of the state that is uh, wounded and a prisoner, you know, you, you you tend to leave them in a place with a open phone line unsupervised for long periods of time, which is exactly what they do. And an unlocked door. Yeah, right, right, exactly. So yeah. um, so she called, yeah, not handcuffed or anything. So she calls Patty to warn her, apparently, that the uh, old Tom Waits guy has betrayed them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So then the UN is, is going to get Patty. They have a new van yes i wrote in my notes oh they got a second truck that's nice <laughs> yeah exactly it's got sirens and everything and yeah. by the way uh when you're going to surprise arrest somebody you don't run your sirens that's yeah, that you know pretty 101 right there nature of surprise yeah. <laughs> the very nature of surprise <laughs> exactly 
So then we get another chase scene. Again, we saw this in the last... This is exactly what happened in the last movie. She had to run from the fucking UN, guys. We're going to get essentially the same long, stupid chase scene again in this it's movie. Not, it's not as long. No, and there's no helicopters, so... Right, exactly. And she's also being chased by the Metal Gear Solid guards. Because <laughs> wherever, wherever she last makes a noise, these yes. guards turn around and go, Oh? <laughs> what was that? The exact place where that pebble fell. Yeah, yeah. So she she tricks one of them with a fake splash push him in the water trick. Apparently Mm -hmm. these are like the Keystone Antichrist minions. Um, Yeah. But she doesn't know how the gun works. She can't figure Uh, out the trigger pull thing. She can't get the safety off. And I wrote in my notes, she would totally murder this guy, but she just can't figure out how to make her gun work. Apparently. And and this is how stupid she is. As the guy's trying to get away, he's like swimming away from her as she like trades the gun on him. She yells, how does this damn thing work? And then he's like, oh, well, let me swim back to you then now that you've announced it. Let me swim back to you and beat you up because uh, that you don't know how that gun works. Right. she's like, oh, fuck, goddammit. Whoops. That wasn't the person. I'll ask the other guy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Although I do do have to admit, if she had figured out the safety and gone on a Rambo-esque killing spree, I would have been much more on board with this movie. That would have been pretty awesome. Like, I would not have been expecting that. Yeah. But no, she's only got one play, and that play is to steal other people's vans. Which, again, she steals the fucking UN van but now as she's leaving she accidentally backs into the lightning sand from the fire swamp or something because i guess spinning tires are suspenseful so they run to her and she gets out just in time and just like in the last movie she says to herself hey you know what i should do is i should um call diane she called Diane. This character who, upon seeing her friend with a basket of free food, ran away and had to be forcibly chased down and tackled is yeah. now like, I better call that person who I now totally trust. Well, and again, because like just in my, exactly like in my dream, I had to steal a UN truck to drive away. Now I'm in exactly that position. So let me do exactly the thing that I did in a god. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Makes perfect sense. So yeah. Also, she dials her on a rotary phone. And I just had this moment of being like, God, that's how long it took to dial phones? Mm-hmm. Not worth it. I never would have called anybody. It makes you wonder, because they still had rotary phones when they decided to go with 911. And I'm just like, why not 111? Oh. That 9 takes a long fucking time on a rotary phone. A lot of people that's died a, for that's that. A, that's an us joke. Yeah. Someone like us was on the other end of that, and they were like, oh, what number did you guys think of? 999? All right, come on, guys. <laughs> Fuck you. 911? All right, fine. You guys are dicks. It was a compromise. No, I'm just saying. It's, it's got a nice little, uh, got a nice little thing to it. So, so she goes to Diane's house. Now, there are two UN guards apparently standing outside Diane's house on either side of the garage. Which would be an indication to me not the place to go. Well, right. Fucking duh. But for some reason, number one, there's no goddamn reason why they would be there in the first place. If they were trying to arrest Patty, wouldn't they hide? But number two, if they are there, why the fuck would you stop the car and get out? But she does. Right. So, yeah. At any rate, so she gets out and looks like trusting him was a bad idea after all. So now I guess this is how she got caught. This is the, you know, we, we've now caught up with the flashbacks and everything. So we go back to, you know, Fat Andy Kaufman reading everybody's names out to uh, to kill them. And now they get to the preacher that she's been talking to the whole time and the little sister, uh, both right. of whom wander off. And Patty, I, th- I love this moment. Okay, so they call Sandy and the preacher back to get killed. And Linda, who is Sandy's older sister, is sitting there. And Patty says, don't worry, Linda, I'll be all right. I'm like, 
Do you really think she was worried about you right then? Her little sister yeah. has just been drug off to die, and you're telling her, no, I think I'm okay with this. I'm thinking so, I'm- hey, in case you were wondering, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm totally fine. Your sister, she's uh, she's going to get killed, but well, me. She can get her head cut off. But, me, I'm, uh, I'm okay so with it. They get dragged outside, and somehow in the process of being dragged out to the back of the building, they have changed into togas. Yeah, they don't mention the part where they uh, also strip them down and put them in pillowcase outfits. I guess uh, Fat Gallagher was probably supposed to tell him that, but he didn't. But it's almost like a continuous shot, so we're supposed to believe they went through some kind of weird like machine that <laughs> tore their right. clothes off and <laughs> dropped a toga on top of them. Yes. So yeah, so now they call the last group, and apparently they, they were the you know they're they're the Zimmer of of this group or whatever because they were all the way in the back uh they were the last people to get called so they bring them out they're in their pillowcase outfits and we finally get to see how they're executing people and no by the way it's not a wolverine it's a guillotine a fucking guillotine a set guillotine. up in the street with a laundry basket there to catch that a laundry, a silver, a spray painted yes. silver yes. laundry basket, but very clearly a laundry basket. Also, guillotine, very clearly. I mean, maybe this is just me because I know what they look like. Very clearly, a magician's prop. Oh, right, right, yes. Yeah, so. Very clearly, like a magician's guillotine. I was like, oh, I know that. That's a that's a Boostenhurst. I I, mean, <laughs> I I have one of those in my storage unit. I, now, and now we get to sort of like the surprise ending of the whole movie, which really, again, was fucking ruined for me by the preview since they actually showed the reveal in the preview. Right. So it turns out that Sandy, the little sister, was an evil bitch the whole time. And oh, it was her she didn't want to die up. for Jesus. She wanted to live with a small tattoo on her wrist. What a fucking whore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so she shows up to tell them at the last minute, no, see, I got the tattoo. I'm the yeah, one got the who got you guys check, uh, captured or whatever. So, yeah, okay. And also, uh, Diane and Jerry, porn stash and slutwink, show up to be all bitchy to Patty about, I told you, if you didn't get your fucking tattoo, they were gonna chop your head off a guillotine, and now here you are, guillotine, you get your fucking head chopped off, and, and then, they chop her fucking head off. And then they chop off, then they chop off Linda's head. Yes! So Linda Wait. goes up to the, uh, to the guillotine, and she's praying the whole time, and she puts her fucking head down on the chopping block, and, then we cut to to uh to Patty and and we get to watch Patty watch Linda get her her fucking head chopped off and that's how the movie ends. Yes, so they cut her head off. It was so they just up. and that's it. And then the movie ends. The yeah, movie ends. It. Bible quote. Fuck yourself. I mean, yeah. No, I, I got to be honest. Like the whole time, I'm thinking to myself either that they were gonna go with the it was all a dream cop out again. Or that, like, you know, they were going to get through the back of it and, and there was something where there's going to be some reveal. It's like, oh, well, you proved that you were willing to die for Jesus, so now you get to join the resistance or something. Nope. I honestly did not think for a fucking second that that was actually how the movie, that they were going to actually end the movie with, no, no, they just went ahead and killed her. Well, which makes you wonder, what's the third, what's this next movie going to be about? Well, now, I, I think it's worth noting that we don't see Patty get killed. Oh. So, you know, Linda gets killed, and then Jerry's, like, holding her face, making her look the whole time, so and maybe, there's a scream. Maybe Patty's so, going to get that tattoo on. That's what I'm thinking. I, I don't know. I don't know. Let's We're going to so. find out. She's clearly in the next movie. However, oh, well, we'll get to it in the preview. We don't see her doing much. Now, I, I want to say, like, this—okay, so we, we came out of the last movie— 
kind you know, with that whole, gee, what was so scary about this movie that had people so fucking scared and freaked out? Oh, this one. Like, all of a sudden, it all makes fucking sense. Oh, it totally... Again, it's the crazy friend. It's the, like, oh, I get it. Right. That dude just put a nail gun through his thigh because his girlfriend didn't respond to his text message. Now I understand <laughs> why you right. call him he Crazy Larry. He is crazy. I get it. That's totally what I... Also, I want to point out that we watched this movie early. We had mm-hmm. a conversation after the last movie where we were like, hey, these movies are fucking boring. We're not going to have anything to talk about. We should watch this next movie early to make sure we have something to talk about. Luckily, this movie, next level crazy, plenty oh to talk my about. God. <laughs> like, this, okay, if, if everything about Christianity was good except for this movie, Christianity as a whole would be bad. Yeah, exactly. This is, this is a dead baby puzzle piece. <laughs> a dead baby puzzle piece. No, I mean, if, if I had to describe this movie in two words, those two words would be child and abuse. I mean, like, the fact that, I, I, I want to emphasize that this movie was not released in theaters. It was shown to children in churches. That was the way this movie was distributed. They knew that's how this movie was going to be distributed when they fucking made it. That's what they were going for. Yeah. This movie is psychological fucking torture to children to like play this movie for them and say, nope, that's going to happen one of these days. If you're not Jesus-y enough, they're going to chop your fucking head off, yeah. land it in the goddamn laundry basket and make your friends watch. Like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? And see, now this actually is the one good thing. Because I was having a conversation with a friend this week about this show. And one of the things that he pointed out to me that actually made me feel really good about what we do on this show is that when you Google a thief in the night, awful, we are the first result. Awesome. Which means that the thing that makes me feel great about this show is that some, they're still showing these movies. I didn't realize they were right. still showing them. I was like, hey, all right, they showed them the old generation, but they, no, they still show them. There yes. are people, I had, I got a Twitter message from someone being like, oh yeah, no, they showed this at my daughter's like church group. And when I was still a Christian, I had to, like, take her out because I had seen the movie. I knew how much it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And so, like, what I like about this is that right now we are creating a media so that some kid who gets shown this movie can Google this and find this. So, kid, if you're listening to this, that movie's fucking bullshit. Yeah, right. It's not you. It's, it's the movie. It's not you. Because <laughs> I remember doing that as a kid. I would go home – and listen, I grew up Jewish, so – you know, we would hear crazy shit, but it was always like, hey, eat your chicken. It was never like, ah, and, the gin, and Rabbi Slotum's coming for you. Never. It was, <laughs> it was never a moment. <laughs> it was never a promise of future bad to be done based on the pizza nights at the Chabad house. It wasn't happening. <laughs> it was just like, eat your here, Google, and we'll make you a cake for your birthday. And, yeah. But I would go home and I would Google and I would be like, uh, why did God kill everyone in the flood? And then I would mm-hmm. see it and I would read it and I would read the answers put up by secularists and feel better, even as like a little, little kid. So I'm telling right. you, if you saw this movie, it's crazy. It doesn't have any reflection on reality. They make no. better movies all the movies you could ever see are better right. than this one. <laughs> Even lock in. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I felt bad when I got to the end of this movie because at the end of last week's show, we did a whole kind of thing about how, oh, maybe this was just like the yeah. evangelical fantasia. And, yeah, maybe and they you're were, all just a young, bunch of so pussies. Them. <laughs> right, more or less. After I watched this movie, and, and we got some emails from and, and messages from people saying, hey, man, I, I understand looking at it from your perspective now how you can think that. But keep in mind, we were kids who thought this was true. And even just thinking about that reflects 
reflecting back on the first movie. I'm like, yeah, okay, I can see that. But after watching this movie, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, there's no fucking question why that, like, you are still psychologically scarred from this fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I literally would look at, like, showing this movie to a child as, as a form of child abuse. Oh, that, unquestioningly. Unquestioningly. There's no scene in Fantasia where that demon flies off the church and rapes somebody. If <laughs> it did, I'd be like, whoa, fuck, I was right about Fantasia. Well, but even if it did, unless the movie ended with a fucking reminder that, no, this really happens, y'all. Giant demons come from the mountains and then rape people next to churches. It as bad as this movie. Oh, my God. Well, that leads me to my next question because, of course, limitations in drilling technology prevent us from giving this movie a thumb as far down as it deserves. So in lieu of a thumb orientation-based rating, I ask you this, Eli. What is the most psychologically damaging thing that you could show to a child that would still be less psychologically damaging than this movie? Okay, so I would find a soldier's kid, mm -hmm. but one that had died. And so we would do one of those soldier come home videos, but when he opens the gift box, the dead soldier's inside. It's just, dead. <laughs> oh, it's just a dead guy. <laughs> and then we just leave it, and then we turn the lights off in the gymnasium and everyone leaves. <laughs> it's just that kid. And it's still better than this movie. It's still I got, better. I gotta be careful the way I word these questions. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I thought I would do a Veterans Day themed one because it's Yeah, right, right. Thought I would support our troops. <laughs> Joke just for you guys. Well done, sir. Well, I guess that's going to do it for our review of A Distant Thunder, but we can't check out quite yet because there's still more of this shit to come. Uh, so, Eli, tell us, what's on deck? Image of the Beast. Yes, because there's four of these goddamn things. And unfortunately, like the other ones, there really wasn't much in the way of a preview for this one. Uh, I found a 30-second teaser on YouTube that basically says, hey, we got no one of these fucking movies, and that's about all yeah, we had to work with. This this teaser is basically Daniel Dennett dressed up like a farmer, <laughs> being like, and here's Jesus, this is the new Antichrist, and we're finally going to get rid of God, and I'm like, cool, this movie sounds nice. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, Hillbilly Antichrist is my kind of guy. And by the way, of this 30-second preview... Half of it is the world's slowest nuclear explosion. Yeah, no, fully 12 seconds of the 30, so three seconds shy of half of it. Yes, I timed that. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> for 12 solid fucking seconds. I mean, they're done talking and everything, and it still goes on for 10 <laughs> seconds or so. I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the only scenes that we actually see in this movie is a Jeep drives into the water. Yep. We see Patty, like, it looks like she's about to get guillotined because we're, like, uh, and we're up above, like, from a guillotine right. blade perspective. A car goes through a house. Uh-huh, yeah, there's that. And then there's Hillbilly Antichrist, and then there's a crowd of people in a nuclear explosion. That's pretty much all oh, we have to the, work with. Oh, and then there's a guy sitting on a golden throne. Oh, right, right, yes, obviously. We see Paul Lind and Hollywood to Obama squares. in the next one. Yeah, exactly. So with that to look forward to, we'll bring episode 13 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoy the show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist and The Skeptocrat, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. All the music used in this episode was written and 
performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars and was used with permission. If you like what you hear, hear more by following the link on the show notes for this episode. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions, promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with a guy from Brooklyn telling you to fuck yourself. Fuck off.